real estate investors from Florida, Georgia, and Texas. There's a big online event this coming October that you shouldn't miss. Discover new techniques on how to grow your business and thrive in the middle of the crisis in no time. Just simply go to www.realestateiq.co summit and sign up today. Welcome to the ABCs of Expert Deal Finding. I'm Becky Kraminga, and I have my husband Kevin is with me, although uh, he's not quite feeling his best. So he's, um, I'll, I'll be doing most of the presentation, but he is here as well. Okay, so our basic agenda today, we want to talk about how to find and analyze a deal. So we're going to be looking at the pre-foreclosure list. Specifically, we're going to find a property on it. We're going to do a comps analysis of the property by using FAST-CMA, and then we're going to calculate our offer. So for those of you that are new, the basic rule of thumb for investors is 70% of the ARV minus repairs is the most that you want to pay for that property. And so you're thinking, oh, goody, that means I get 30% profit. Uh, no, that actually means you're going to be getting about 15% profit. Uh, because the other 15% of that is going to be taken up in closing costs for the title company, uh, holding costs. You have to keep electricity going in the property while you're fixing it up or uh, whatever and you have to get insurance on the property and you have to pay interest on the money that you're using. So those kind of things are your closing and holding costs. And that's what's gonna reduce this to about 15% profit. And then if something goes wrong that you're not expecting, uh, Kevin and I did a flip actually at the beginning of COVID and the hot water heater was fine when the guy moved out and then he shut off the gas and when we shut it back on again the hot water heater didn't work so that was something you know that was a 900 some dollar repair that we weren't expecting yeah it was about a thousand dollars yeah so those kind of things always happen and so to make sure that you're going to make a little money and definitely not lose money that's why you want that cushion and only want to offer 70% minus repairs. All right, so we're going to look at our off-market leads list. These lists are updated daily, so it's always the new, fresh data. They come directly from the courthouses. If you had to buy them separately, it'd cost a lot more. So I get this email every day, Monday through Friday, with the updated lists. So the first off-market lead that's that's good. A lot of people um, get a lot of properties this way is through probate and airship. So probate means there was a will. Airship means there was not a will, but the heirs got together and filed this document that says we're entitled to the property. So obviously the person won't be needing it anymore. So a lot of times the person who's inheriting it doesn't know what to do with it. So those are good leads. We'll come back and talk a little bit more about the pre foreclosures. Appointment of substitute trustee is kind of a pre-pre-foreclosure. 
This is a great list because it helps you to beat some of the people that only work this list. Um, but the trustee is the person who does the paperwork and conducts the auction if it comes to that when somebody's not paying their mortgage. So sometimes as soon as a person, uh, somebody gets behind on their mortgage, the bank will appoint a substitute trustee. So this often happens four to six weeks before the pre they get on the pre-foreclosure list. So it gives you a little extra time to get to that person. And the key to following up with any off-market lead is the relationship. You can't just go in and say, yeah, you don't need your house. I, I want to buy it, sell it to me. You have to kind of develop a relationship with that person first. So this gives you a little more time to do that. And I, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you. Um, I can't stress enough about the relationship because there are so many other people that jump in and, and try to take another person's homestead. And if, if you think about that, if you've owned a homestead, that's really tough. And so um, to lose your homestead, that's, that's incredible. Um, and so as you work with these people, I would suggest that you're very careful in, in anything like evictions or um, even probate situations, um, that you're very careful in, in the way that you build the relationship with, with the people that are involved with their home. Because at the end of the day, you want to be, you want to be at the, at the position where you feel comfortable dealing with, with them in the future. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that about, about Marcus, Becky. <laughs> yeah, Marcus was uh, the owner of a, of a foreclosure house that Kevin and I got. And, um, Kevin, go ahead and tell them the story of how you first talked to Marcus. Well, I, I actually was sitting in, in my truck going to the next place, and he pulled up in his driveway, and I got out of my truck, and he, um, I, I approached him, and he was wearing a Saints hat, and um, I started talking him about the National Football League first <laughs> and then uh, um, it, it just de it developed into a conversation of you know I understand your house is in distress I understand and he just he just opened up and it, at that point it was for me um, it was a time for me to listen at that point not to talk not to say, you know, I, I, I have all these great strategies for you. Um, it was listening and I listened to him and then we, we started to um, develop a relationship and, and we, we started to talk and that, that, that's the importance. That's, that's the level you want to get to. And um, to me, it was never a, an idea of taking over his house because we didn't do that 
or we tried not to. But um, at that point, it was it was it was just a there was a clarity there, um, and and we prayed over it too. <laughs> so we are Christian yeah. people. <laughs> we are. Christian. It was about helping. It was about yeah. helping helping him, not just not just getting a deal for us, um, but actually helping him out and trying to make sure that it's a win-win deal for everybody. I believe if it's not a win-win, it's not a deal. So you, you have to help out the people as much as, as you can. All right, so the next list we have is evictions. Um, you know, there was a moratorium on those, but they've allowed them again. So this list is going to probably grow from people that lost their jobs and can't pay their rent, unfortunately. But the main part of this list is not for those people who lost their job. It's for the landlords. Because if they're having to kick people out, you know, maybe they've been dealing with all kinds of problems. And so they might be ready to sell that property. Um, also, they're also landlords, so they could be potential cash buyers as well if you're looking to wholesale. We have the liens list. So this is kind of a uh, financial, an indicator of financial problems. If they're not paying their HOA, they're not paying uh, the person who came and gave them a new air conditioner or something like that, they file a lien against the house. That just tells you that there's financial trouble and so maybe they'd be better off without the burden of the house as well. Tax sale list, people haven't been paying their taxes. Um, I know here in Houston, they actually conducted the tax sale list or the tax sale auction um, at the beginning of June. So this auction will happen whether or not the, the mortgage foreclosures are happening at the same time. I don't know. Uh, delinquent taxes. So these are people that the county's not foreclosing yet, but they are late on their tax payments. We're having some cases they haven't been making them for years. And who knows why they get, uh, <laughs> who knows why they, they get away with it as long as they do, but sometimes they do. Code violations. These are the kind of houses that you would see driving for dollars, uh, but it helps you so you don't have to do as much driving. Um, this, these are the ones where the lawn hasn't been mowed in months. Um, maybe the mail's stacking up. Uh, maybe the mail's gone. I always check the mailbox. Made Kevin nervous the first time I did that. But I always check the mailbox if it looks vacant and overgrown because uh, sometimes there's a vacant notice in there and then I know for certain that it's vacant. Um, okay, I'm not kidding. There, there is a risk thing that there's a difference between me and my wife. And um, I'll, I'll tell you that she is a more risk taker than I. Uh, she'll look in mailboxes and she'll do that kind of thing. And um, one time I was standing at the front door of a house looking at all the different things that people had laid there. And she opened the door to the house. It was obviously and, in, and they left the back door open. What could I do? <laughs> So, so there's different risks that you have to take, and she takes more than I do, but. <laughs> That's why we're a good team. We even each other out. <laughs> it's kind of funny. All right, so another thing for code violations could be something where the structure is bad. 
um, you know, like a front porch that could be caving in or something like that. And the people don't have the money to fix it or haven't fixed it. Either they don't live there or if they do, they really can't take care of it anymore and would definitely be better off. But they probably don't think they can sell it because they can't fix it up. Uh, loan modifications. So we're going to be seeing a huge number of these because Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac loans said that uh, after this moratorium on, on foreclosure filings ends, the banks cannot come back and require six months or four months, whatever the, however long people haven't been paying their mortgage, they can't just come back and require seven months. That's what happened after Hurricane Harvey here in Houston. Uh, they said there were no foreclosures for six months. And then after the end of the six months, the bank came back and said, okay, you owe us seven months worth of mortgage payments. And if you can't pay it, we'll foreclose. And a lot of people couldn't pay it. And so there's a huge rise in the number of foreclosures because of that. So what that's going to mean this time probably are more loan modifications. But the problem with loan modifications is they usually raise the monthly payment. And if somebody's got financial difficulties and they're not able to make a $1,200 a month payment, they're certainly not going to be able to make a $1,300 or $1,400 a month payment under a modification. So, and those are also really good um, relationship building lists there as well. And then the last one is divorces. And oftentimes they need to sell the house. And the list will tell you who you need to contact if it's been decided. Otherwise, you probably need to get both parties to, to sign the agreement for that. I know, and that's a scary thing. That's a scary thing. So you have to know what you're doing because you're going to get involved in a, in a triangle there, possibly. Um, but Becky, there was a question on here that, that asked about um, the word distress. Your house is in distress. I don't know what you think about that. I know some people, that's what they say when they come, when they go to the door or call somebody up is I know your property is in distress. Personally, I don't like that word. I don't think it's very specific. I'm not a beat around the bush kind of person. I'm more likely to say, hey, I saw your house is on the foreclosure list. And I was just wondering if anybody's talked to you about your options or something like that, or wondering if you've taken care of it yet. Those kind of those kind of things, I usually prefer to the distress, but other other investors use it and it works for them. Yeah, so and what you're what comfortable you say, with. What do you say if a, a person comes, uh, you go up to their door and, and you say, gosh, your house is in foreclosure or your house is in distress, what do you say to them? Yeah, either yes or no, I guess. <laughs> it's not much of a conversation starter. Well, I know it's 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 tough and that's that's the thing that you need to break. And you need to break to them the bad news because pretty much what's going to happen to them at that point is if their house is on the foreclosure list, um they're going to lose their credit for seven years and it's it's worse than 
what anybody could believe. They can't get a car loan. They can't, they can't get anything for seven years. So, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the hard truth. And that's what's going to happen to them if they're on, on the foreclosure list. Plus they're going to lose their house and they're not going to get any money for it. So, um, trying so to give that, them, yeah. trying to break that bad news to them. Um, and that's what, what I said about the relationship part, trying to break that bad news to them. That's the hard part. Yep. Although they, I mean, they, they know they're in trouble. They don't know what they can do about it. So that's why uh, the most common strategy for people on the pre-foreclosure list is to try to get the house subject to the existing mortgage. So basically, then you, all you have to do is pay the money to bring their mortgage current, give them a little bit, hopefully, to help them move and get set up in an apartment or a new rental place somewhere, um, and then take over their mortgage, and then you make their payments while you fix the house up. Or um, some people even would, would do what's called a wrap around mortgage, where you're paying their mortgage and somebody else buys it from you. And they're, so they're paying you money and you're paying off that other mortgage every month. Uh, so that's kind of the most common strategy for pre-foreclosures because it requires so much less money up front. So if you're gonna look on the pre-foreclosure list, notice we have a lot of months here. <laughs> Usually we don't have past months, but because these auctions didn't take place in April, May, or June, um, we still have the list up there. Uh, the, the law in Texas says that this, this document, the pre-foreclosure filing, must be made 21, a minimum of 21 days before the auction date. Uh, so that's the minimum, but it could be posted sometimes a few months ahead. And so we have the ones already for the August auction and the September auction will be coming very soon. So let's look at the August and those past ones. Um, I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen with those yet. Oops, hey, Becky, go to the premium. Yeah, I, yeah, thank you. So before I look at that, I just want to show you, this is my premium email. So we went knocking on doors on pre-foreclosures. If you're not comfortable doing that right now, then calling or emailing, texting, are the other ways that you have to reach the person. Um, besides, obviously, you could do mailings, um, but that takes a little bit more money. So our premium list comes with the contact information for those homeowners already on it. So that includes uh, six out of our 10 lists. So it includes a probate and airship, pre-foreclosure, appointment of substitute trustee, evictions, liens, and divorce. So all those come with the contact information. So I'm going to go ahead and go to the August pre-foreclosure for Houston on the premium list. And so here's what you get. It's a spreadsheet so you can download it and then filter it, sort it, do a mail merge, feed it to your uh, mojo dialer or whatever you want to do with it. So here is the date it was recorded. 
the date we added it to the list. So you can see it's usually within one to two days and the date that the auction is scheduled. And here's the person's name. So you can call them by name. That's always good to make sure you're talking to the homeowner. The address, bed, bath, square footage, garage, pool, also all the information about the property. The trustee, that's that attorney who's in charge of doing the auction. And then information about the mortgage. The biggest nice part about this list is the estimated equity. So if I'm a beginning investor, I'm not going to waste my time with this one because they don't have any equity in their house. Okay, they, they took out a loan for 208. The assessed value is 157. They owe about 157 on it. So there's really not much equity. Now, obviously the sale price is usually higher than the assessed value. Um, so it, this is an estimate, but it does give you a starting point. So this is, they probably have more than that, but it's probably still not a lot. So probably not worth your time as a beginning investor. Are there strategies for helping these people? Absolutely. Uh, but if you're just a beginning investor looking to wholesale or flip one of these houses, I would stay away from anything that doesn't have, I don't know, my rule is 20,000 equity. I think Kevin sorts it by the percentage and looks for 20 or 25%. So remember that 70%. So kind of keep that in the back of your mind but knowing that if you're getting it subject to, you're not gonna need as much money up front. Um, but so I've just kind of looked through here and find one that has some decent equity in it. So actually the, this line number two has $123,000 worth of equity. That's a lot of equity to have and be losing your house. Um, so let's let's check that one out. This is, oh, here in Katy. So I'm going to copy this address. I'm also going to take note of the year built and square footage. And I'm going to go to our Real Estate IQ online platform. And I'm going to go to Fast CMA. Subject to means uh, subject to the existing financing. So it means you don't just buy it. Usually when you buy a house, the person that you're buying it from pays off their mortgage when they sell it to you. Subject to means you're, you're getting the title, but the mortgage stays in their name and you just make their payments. Now, all um, most mortgages come with a due on sale clause, which means the bank could say, oh wait, you don't own the house anymore. You need to pay off this mortgage now. But the truth is they never do. I've heard of two instances, I think, in all the investors that I've talked to, all the people that I've heard speak at events in Houston, and that's a lot. <laughs> and there are two people that said the bank activated their due on sale clause. So it, well, it never happens because they, they don't care who's paying them. As long as they get paid, it's a performing note on their books and they're happy. And that's correct. As long as the bank's getting paid, they don't care. Okay, so I'm putting this this into FAST CMA. CMA stands for Comparative Market Analysis, or what most um, investors just call comps. 
So I'm going to go look up. And this one has been on the MLS. It's our lucky day. So it was the terminated on April. Okay, sold on 17th and terminated on the 18th. Hmm, not quite sure exactly what that means, but let's check this out. This one actually, since it says sold, may not be under foreclosure anymore. Um, but we're going to go ahead and uh, go through the comps on it anyway. So here, this is a single family. Um, if it was a multifamily house, like a duplex, townhouse, lots, I could comp those as well. And then you always want to get the subtype. This is probably not a townhouse. So I'm the, and these two are really the same thing. It just depends on how the real estate agent entered the data. This was built in 1999, 30, 64 square feet. It's a big one. What did it say? The, uh, it said the assessed value was 267. All right, so let's see what it comes up at. So right now, this is our ARV distance, which goes out a half a mile and puts priority on choosing sold properties. Uh, they all look for ones that are close in size, close in year built. Um, but the ARV distance goes out a half a mile and puts priority on choosing comps that are more recent and closest to the address we put in. ARV subdivision is going to go out a little further. Oops, I just clicked on it. <laughs> Do this again. ARV subdivision is going to go out a mile and put priority on comps that are in the same subdivision. And custom CMA lets you set your own parameter as far as how far back you want to go. The general rule is you want them to be within six months. Um, ideally, especially now, this, the more recent, the better. You can set the distance range. You can go out up to 10 miles if you're out in the country. Um, or you can, I could set this square footage. If I didn't put anything here, it would show me all the houses, no matter what the size. But we want our comps to be within the same size. So I'm going to go to the ARV subdivision again and click right here, Run CMA. So it's coming up with 33 in the same subdivision, or 33 total, rather, within a mile of sold properties. And it's picking the ones in the same subdivision. Okay, so this is Creekstone section five. So notice this one is blue. The computer chose this as one of the better comps. We might say that's 211 days ago. I don't want to use it, but I want to look through what we got first. This one was even longer, 259 days ago. This is the recency. So you can see the blue ones are the ones the computer chose. The white ones were not. I can change that by just clicking and unclicking these boxes. And you can see when I do that, it adjusts the sold price up there automatically. So I can also look at these properties here on the map. I can zoom in, there's a lot really close. So knowing this area, I would say across Highland Knolls is probably, that's kind of a busier street. These are probably a different, are gonna be different compared to these. So just from that, I might look at this and say, I don't want to use this one. 
and uncheck it and now it turns gray. I can also take my little Google guy here, drop him and check out the neighborhood. Nice to, to be able to see how people are taking care of the houses, you know, are there bars on the window? Here's a little star showing me that that's, that's my subject property, that's the address that I put in. Um, if, if I come to a comp, it'll have a little gray or blue thing on it showing me that as well. Say hello to the lady. All right, so you can look at the map that way. And then you wanna go through all of these and make sure that they are good comps. So a few things to compare. The first thing I usually look at is this price per square foot, as well as the recency. So this is coming up at 97 a square foot. This is coming up at 107, 104. I kind of want to know my range because if one of these is way below that, then it's likely it has not been fixed up. And so the idea of comps is to come up with this number right here, which we call our ARV, which is our after repair value. And uh, so what's it, that's what it's going to be worth after it's fixed up. That's what we're basing our calculations on. So that's the number we need to get right. So looking through here, I think the computer probably kept this one because it is very close in the same section, not quite as long ago as this one. Uh, but you can also compare here how close they are in square footage. This one's actually quite a bit smaller. Um, if a house is smaller, it's overall going to have a larger price or, or a higher price per square foot than a larger house right next to it. So even though the computer chose this one, I don't think I want to use it. But let's kind of keep looking through. So up here at the price per square foot, Computer chose that one, that's good, 107. Here are some more recent ones. That one's in a different subdivision. So is this one, so is that one actually, which is probably why the computer picked this one uh, because it is in the same subdivision. So you kind of have to know the area to know whether a house in Cornerstone Place is going to be different from a house in Creekstone or not. So as I keep looking through here, here's another one the computer chose. Yeah, they're not, they didn't like the subdivision. Not, not too many close. This one though was only 85 days ago, so that's, that's good. 103 per square foot, so that's kind of right there within my range. There's a couple little higher ones uh, they're also Cinco Ranch. So again, you have to know your area. Is that, is that really different? So we want to look through all of these and see if we agree with the computer. So we already talked about the recency being important. Days on market is also an important thing when you're looking at a property uh, because you have to know how long you're going to hold on to it. So most of these are two, three months. This one was a little Pull these a little longer. This was only one month. And that was 104 days ago. So that was kind of right at the beginning of COVID, I would say. I can compare the bed bath square footage, all that stuff down here. The thing with a plus sign is going to give you more information. 
So if I click here, I can see the realtor's remarks about it. So that's good. This one says newly renovated home. That's what you want in your remarks or all updated. Those are the kind of things you want. If you see something in your remarks that say fixer upper or needs work or needs TLC, usually you wanna take that out from your ARV calculations. So I, wanted, I would wanna look through that for all of my properties. And then I would want to go here and look at the photos. So here's my subject house. I can tell right now it would need a new garage door. Looks like a nice brick house, looks pretty inside. If you could get this one, you're not gonna have to put much work into it. Although that looks like, I'm not sure if those are granite countertops or not. They're very square on the side. Although I will add a, a little bit of um, something in here because not all photos that are on the MLS <laughs> are current. So Becky and I went to a house in Humboldt um, and it was disgusting. We couldn't even, I mean, the pictures that were on the, on the MLS were not the pictures that we had in our mind. We were all ready to set and buy a house and we got there and there was mold, the ceilings were, crashed in i mean it was it was a mess it was a pool there was a pool outside do you remember that back yeah the the pictures on the mls made it look like a light rehab you know like a paint carpet would be it but they didn't take pictures of the mold and the ceiling falling in and <laughs> all those kind of things we got to the house and went oh no we we yeah. have to offer much less. And that was an hour hour drive. And it was like, oh, we were so disappointed. But it made us think that you can't always get what you think on, on the pictures. I, I, I tell you to do your due diligence. Do the due diligence. And there's nothing more than I can tell you. And I'm, like I said, I'm more of the unrisk taker and she's more of the, let's, let's just do this. <laughs> but um, that's the way we are. And so I'm, I'm more pointed on doing due diligence um, than anybody else. All right, so this house, um, so now we want to look at the comps and make sure they've been fixed up nice. Oh, a little virtual staging here. Uh, we can also um, see how That's they've been fixed up. Virtual staging. Yeah, I check mean, that out. Come on. Even set the bed over where the carpet was not as dirty or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, but anyway, you want to see how from here how the neighborhood has been fixed up because you want to you want to do your rehab to match the neighborhood. Because if you owe re, over rehab, you're going to spend a lot of extra money putting in high end fixtures and stuff and 
if it's higher than the rest of the neighborhood, you're not going to get that money back. And conversely, if you, if everybody's doing nice granite and higher end fixtures and you just put in cheapo stuff and don't replace the countertops, whatever, you're not going to get, your house is not going to sell. So it's important to look at the other houses and see how they've been fixed up. Oh, they didn't stage those on the upstairs there. So it's also a good idea to look at the ones that are comps, that we decide are comps, and uh, make sure they've been fixed up. So if I looked at this one and it had some major problems, I would not want to use that in my ARV, so I would uncheck the box. So nice to be able to see all those pictures. Another nice thing here is our investment summary. So we know from here, whoops, from the list that they owe around $144,000 on that house. So if we were going to the owner, whoops, sorry, if we're going to the owner, <laughs> striking out, there we go. If we're going to the owner to make an offer, you know, we want to make sure, and right now this is at that 30%, and, but we could say, oh, let's, maybe we could just get by with 200. Then we'd be getting 41% discount. The other thing here is the rental index. That is the percent of the monthly, or the percent of the purchase price that you can recover in your monthly rent. So, so that's saying that if I, I could lease this for 2,500, which is 1.25% of this estimated price right here. Uh, this, this is something you could get hard money to buy this property with a 1.25% a 1.25 rental index. Uh, the minimum is usually about 1%. Although up in Austin, I'm told you can't, you can't find that. The rents are a lot higher compared to the purchase price. So then it becomes uh, a matter of if you're gonna hold it long enough for the appreciation to keep, to catch up and make you that extra money. So that's why the 1% is enough to pay the mortgage, to pay your mortgage, pay the um, insurance, uh, all that stuff that you need to do, keep a little bit for repairs, and then the higher you go above one, the more cash flow you're going to get. So that's a good thing to know if you are looking to rent this out or wholesale it as a rental. Um, Active is going to let you look at the other properties on the market, and you can see the same thing. The ones that are listed and the computer averaged these two blue ones to come up with this 359. You can look at the leased properties on the market if you're looking to rent it out or justify that 2500. You can look through all the information on those. And non-active is gonna pull terminated or expired. Uh, this is also another good source of leads, these non-active, because sometimes, you know, maybe it didn't sell for whatever reason or they had to take it off the market, but they still wanna sell it. They just don't want the hassle of it. So those are good leads for that reason as well. But you can play around with this and add your rehab costs in there and let it run the numbers for you. Other thing you can do, so, all right, so let's 
say we're going to make our offer. So the ARV is 338. No, let me go back to sold. Yep, ARV is 338. I'm going to pull up my calculator. 338,000 times 70% is 236. Minus repairs of this would be minor. It didn't need a new garage door. You probably want to paint it. So let's just say worst case, absolute worst case, 10,000 repairs. Subtract that 10,000. And a maximum offer if we were to pay full price on that house would be 226,000. To make sure we had that 30% to make our money and pay all of our costs, reduce our risk. All right, so we offer that, we get it. We want to uh, wholesale it and go right here to report and share. And this has a report that has all the pertinent information about the house. Now notice this has the asking offer price. If I come up here to retail report, that's gonna go away and it only has the ARV, the estimated price of the active listings, the lease, all that stuff. So here's all the MLS information about it. There's, we need a quick sale. Yeah, so I'm good. this one's not gonna be available as a pre-foreclosure anymore. Because of the moratorium, they listed it on the MLS. Got it, sold. But um, so here's the sold properties, just the ones that we left checked. So if we were to check some more boxes above them, turn them blue, they would show up here. Here are the two active listings that were checked. Um, none of the non-active are showing up. And here are the leased comps that were checked. So we could adjust that and the pictures. So you could send this now to a potential buyer, or if you wanted to fix and flip it, you could send these to a lender or buy and hold it, whatever. You've got all the information right here to help make your case for your ARV, which is what everything is based on. All right, are there any questions about doing the comp? Yeah, it said, would the best ROI come from buying a home in pre-foreclosure pre state? What if someone has enough money to buy the house after it has hit the open market and flips it? Um, I think let's come back to this at the end and maybe uh, then we can see who that came from and maybe you can get on and explain a little bit more about what you're asking. So I'll finish showing you what we have on our online website here. Um, the analytics page kind of shows you what's going on in the market a little bit. Uh, we have heat maps, heat map reports right here on show you where the pre-foreclosures are happening, where the MLS discounted deals are, where the rental income deals are and you can get more information about those broken down by county. So you can see just how many of them are at what kind of a discount. So these are the ones that are the good deals here that you're looking for. But sometimes these can be good deals too. So that's just kind of what's not going on in the market. Our MLS deal finder is where you can search for these properties that are already listed on the MLS. 
So we've got a quick search here. We've got a new search where we can set the parameters. So I'm going to say, okay, let's just look in Harris County. I'm just looking at single family houses, maximum price of 250. Last updated. If I go to last one year, it's going to put everything. An update means it had a price change or was a new listing. Either of those. Uh, then deal type here. Here's where we find the discounted properties. I don't want to see everything that's listed on the MLS. I only care about the ones that are at a discount. So I'm going to say I want to look for at least a 30% discount. So I'm shooting for that 70%. Yeah, there's repairs, but I can also make an offer. I'm also going to take the maximum down a little bit so it doesn't pick up those houses for sale for $1,000 a month because the agent put it in wrong. Uh, you could also search a rental index if you wanted, if you were looking for a property to rent, to hold and rent out. Um, if I go save as automated search, I'm going to get an email as soon as a new property that meets my criteria hits the market. That email is going to look exactly like that report I showed you before. So you can quickly decide, are you going to, um, you know, is it worth looking into or just skip it and go on to another one, not waste your time. So I just want to go search. And it found 62 deals that meet my criteria. I can see them on a map. I can click around. There's a fixer upper for you. Uh, these green numbers correspond to this. So if I click, I can click on one here. This one is listed at 99,000. Bumping at 192. I can go to details and see all that MLS information, including down here the public remarks about it. This says investors, landlords, flippers, and handymen looking for a deal in need of TLC. That's that's the kind of property we're usually looking for. Here's the photos of it. So TLC, does a dog come with it? I would hope not. Yeah, this basically is a gut, full gut rehab. I have to take that down apart because it's falling down. Paint, flooring, kitchen. So you get a good idea right there. If this is something you want to pursue, go to run CMA and it's going to take you to a CMA just like we looked at before. These same properties are also down here in a table that you could sort by discount percentage or by rental index, depends on what you're looking for. So that is our MLS deal finder. We already went through fast CMA. Next is county data finder. A lot of, a lot of investors like to market to absentee owners. Um, so these are people that own a house they're not living in. So a lot of times they're renting it out um, but sometimes, you know, maybe they recently acquired it or whatever and want to get rid of it. So we can go, I can go to search by address and I can put in an address and get the county tax information from it. That's what this county data finder searches the county tax records. So I can go to ownership here and I can say 
Um, let's see, I want to make sure they have equity so they've owned it since prior to 2010. And I want out-of-state owners who do not hold the property in an LLC or a corporation. So that means, you know, somebody who happens to own an extra rental property, so probably not a big investor. Property type, I can look for single family, multifamily, lots, mobile homes, commercial, any of those. I can narrow my search by city, zip code, or subdivision. I can go to land if I'm looking for vacant lots or want a certain size or value of lot. Home features. I can narrow my year build if I don't want a really old one. I can say I want a house that's, I don't want anything before 1984 because I don't want to have to do, redo the electrical. You can put in bed and bath, square footage, whatever you want. You can also narrow by value. And then you just click search and it gives you a list of all those properties along with their tax value, the owner's address and all that information. So that lets you create a list, especially if you wanna do mail outs, you can really focus your list and narrow it to what you're looking for. Our tools and services, we have a deal analyzer calculator, which I really didn't want to click on at this point. Um, we also have a repair estimator calculator. I am going to go ahead and show you this real quick. Because we want to calculate those repairs and if we're just starting out, you know, we need a little help with that. So this is based on average prices throughout Texas. And it's downloading as an Excel spreadsheet. And so I can save it by the address and also include that in the report I send in. So this is based on changing the square footage right here. So I'm going to say, okay, let's say it's a 1200 square foot house. And these are just, this is just a quick five minute. Does it need it or not? Does it need a new roof? If it does, Change this to a one and it puts the average price right there. You know the price is going to be different. I've got somebody who gave me a bid, they'll do it for 3000 You can change that. So you can do the same thing for foundation, electric, plumbing. Does it need paint? Does it need flooring? Just change it. And again, if I know somebody who will do my flooring for 250 a square foot, I can change that. And then it can, goes through all kinds of other things that it might need. Electric outlets, fence, windows, doors, hot water heater, bathroom remodel, electrical panel, kitchen, appliances, landscaping. And then it's got room here where you can add anything else. And then when you scroll down, it gives you the total. And then it adds a 10% grace budget, which you can also change as well to cover those things like that water heater that we weren't expecting. So there's my rehab estimate. So I can make my offer based on that. And so that's what we did with that house. We made an offer, get it under contract first before you drive an hour to find out that it's not like it was in the pictures. <laughs> so you make an offer based on your best guess here. And then if you need to adjust it, if the offer gets accepted, then go look at the property. 
Um, only like one in 20 offers get accepted, so you'd kind of be wasting your time if you tried to drive to everyone before you made the offer. So you make the offer if it gets accepted, but something's unexpected to you, then you renegotiate. That's the best use of your time for this. All right, and then we have, going back here, uh, we have on-demand skip tracing. So if you pull a list from County Data Finder or you're driving for dollars or you don't want to, to pay for the premium, you're doing a smaller number of phone calls and emails, um, you can use on-demand skip tracing to get the contact information for them. And you don't have to be a, a real estate IQ client to use the on-demand skip tracing. You can get to that from our public, public website as well. And that skip tracing is nationwide. And then that will link to our classes and events and that'll link to our support. We have a big knowledge base with a lot of Q&A, some training videos, things like that. And create a ticket and one of our customer service people will get to you right away. So that is what we have. So I'm gonna go back to our presentation and then we'll get back to the rest of the question and answers. All right, so at our lowest package, our deal analysis suite is $15 per month for one metro area, and you can run comps all day long. So if you're looking at properties from wholesalers, you're not ready to do your own marketing, but you wanna start uh, being able to comp properties, you can do that here. The deal finding suite includes the off-market leads, the county data finder, and the MLS deal finder. And that has different pricing depending on whether you're interested in a single county, a metro area, all of Texas, whatever you're looking for. Uh, so there's all the types of off-market leads. We already went over that. We went over county data finder, MLS deal finder, our customer service, all right, we also have some freebies. So if you're interested in getting those, those heat maps, um, we also have our deal of the day, which is a live deal off the MLS that we analyze with our system and blast out. So that's great because it is a live deal you can make an offer on, or it's also just kind of a good educational thing for you to just look at and you know, kind of what's going on, what's available in the market, what kind of things can I expect to see what kind of things should I think about when I'm analyzing that deal? If you um, would like a one-on-one -on -one demo and didn't get a chance to request that earlier, go ahead and uh, just put, put it in the chat and somebody will contact you and you can go through everything in a little bit more depth and just one-on-one. -on -one. All right, the other thing I need to show you is our new community portal. So we are really excited about this. If you go to our public website, which is realestateiq.co, you can uh, see, so tools is where you can get the basic information about our deal analysis suite. That was the $15 a month, which is running comps and the rehab budget calculator and the deal analyzer calculator. Our deal finding suite, which has everything that I showed you. Our premium deal finding suite, which has those lists that were already skip traced, or our on-demand skip tracing. Uh, we also 
are partnering with a company called ROI Muse. They have some great, more advanced calculators for deal analysis, residential, or commercial. So that's pretty inexpensive as well. Um, so here you can get our freebies if you didn't before. But our new community is what I'm especially excited about here. And this is going to be, think Facebook just for investors. So instead of finding out what people had to eat, you can, <laughs> instead of looking at what they fixed for dinner last night, you can spend more time uh, connecting with people. So you can see here's somebody right here saying uh, they're located in Arlington and look forward to investing in the DFW area. So there's somebody that you could connect with. This is a great place to connect with other investors, get information. Um, we also have these community groups. And I want to show you, if you type in Houston, since that's where we're from, this is, this is our group here, the Houston Deal Finders Lounge. So go up here where my name is, but it'll say sign in or sign up. Sign up for our community. And then if you go here to the Houston Deal Finders Lounge, you can join it. And this is where the slides or the, the video of this presentation will be posted if you want to go and look back at it. So here's somebody posted, they got a deal they want to partner on. And um, so, you know, here I posted information about the Houston area, market report from the MLS. Um, so as this grows, this is, this is new, so it's pretty small. We haven't done our official launch yet, uh, but please join, start, start using it, poke around. You never know who you're gonna meet. If you go to Marketplace here, you go to Education, you can connect with um, mentors or groups that provide education. Uh, if you're looking for funding for your deals, you can go here. Vendors is going to be other things that you might need for your business, like a title company, contractor. And uh, for you passive investors, there's a whole section just on notes. So do check out our community, join the Houston Deal Finders Lounge. Also, if you are female, please join my women in real estate group. So I'm just typing in women. There's my women in real estate group. So please join that if that applies to you as well. All right, thank you again for joining and have a great rest of your day. For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.